for tuning in to Everything's a Great Idea When We're High. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your co-host today, Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Good. How was your week? Exhausting. Yeah? Exhausting. Yeah, I uh, I have my own business. It's called HalfBake.net, and we sell 420 merchandise. And I used to sell gum. I used to make cannabis gum, and my hand got to the point where I had five surgeries on it. Can't do it anymore. So... I've had your gum years ago when I first met you. Three years ago? I think it was, it was 2020. 2020. It was awesome. I Thank loved you. it. I miss it. <laughs> but anyway, I don't chew gum often. So it right. wasn't like uh, something that I go, I, I'm, I'm weird. Like, I'm more of a Tic Tac gal. Yeah, I'm a mint person. Yeah, I like mint, but I don't like to chew. This, like to just... this wasn't my idea. Mm. My friend Michael passed away from cancer in 2020. I just took one dab from you and I'm ashing into my coffee, not my ashtray. <laughs> I didn't even, I watched you do it and didn't warn you. <laughs> I luckily stopped myself before it got in there. But holy hell. So what did you just have me smoke? <laughs> or you don't even, because I don't keep track of names I and stuff. Say, I don't either. Wait, it's right in front of me. Banana gelato. Oh, I'm going to keep my eye out for that one again. <laughs> <laughs> that was one hit from your dad pen and one half a hit from mine because my battery's too low. But oh my God, that was great. So anyway, so the gum, yes. Michael got cancer and went very quickly, but Michael was poor and he wanted to start a business with me prior to him being diagnosed. And he said, I want to call it half-baked. I'm like, okay. I said, what do you want to make? He lived in California. I lived in New Jersey. I was like, how are you yeah. going to do this, right? And he figured it all out. And That's then awesome. I got a phone call that he was passing and uh, went to California to take care of him until he died because he was so poor that... That is so nice of you. There was no one. His family abandoned him. You know? So anyway, I'm sitting there going, how can I help you? And I said, hard candy. What if I made cannabis hard candy? Which I have done. Like, I do a lot of stuff personally for myself. Yeah, yeah. Now I love to experiment. And hard candy is not easy to make to begin with, you know, temping the sugar and it's, yeah, boiling it down to the right temperatures and all that. It's a lot right. of intense work. If I if I went back to anything, it would be doing that mm. only because cleaning up gum, as you know, is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. We'll try making it and cleaning your utensils. Oh, forget that. That's it's like why... making marshmallow from scratch. Forget right. it. I'm not doing it. No. So I came to the conclusion that I needed a $50,000 gum making machine so that I don't have those problems and save my wrist. Mm -hmm. And it was great, you know, I, I loved doing it uh, at the time and really got it down to a science. But now, you know, if, I, if I'm if i successful with this, cause I'm gonna, I have my own website, we're actually called halfbake.net because that's our website name. Mm -hmm. And it's under construction right now because I have to load all the pictures into it. Right. And then we're going on Etsy. We're going to have our own website and then we'll... So you do apparel? Apparel. Like we do stash bags. We, oh, she, she does everything. She makes everything herself. She mm -hmm. makes keychains. She makes signs. She makes bracelets and jewelry and pins. And I mean... You, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And that way you can custom order something. If you yeah. see a design on something... You say, hey, Michelle, can you make this for me? And she's like, okay. That's awesome. That's very cool. And it's great to have, like, found her niche where she 
fits to make things for. Everybody has to have that one specific little. She's so good. You make apparel, you make stash bags. Um, I'm gonna have skunk bags them. soon. Like Ooh. I purchased some things okay. mm -hmm. because I get a great deal on them and I can pass that deal along. Yeah, absolutely. You That's know? really nice. We don't have an item over $30. So. That's really cool. You know, my, my new favorite item that I got in and I can't wait to show everybody, they're light up marijuana necklaces and they are so freaking adorable to see everybody walking around at night mm -hmm. with little pot leaves oh all my god on. i love that i can't I wait to see love it that. um what is your size inclusivity for your clothing how inclusive are you 5xl small nice. x small very nice and everything's under 30 dollars. yeah that's amazing our shirts are 20. okay and they're tie-dyed mostly some are solid colors mm -hmm. but you know we like very to cool. play very cool. That's awesome. Thank you. That. It's good to hear because you do something and then you wonder, mm -hmm. can I really make a success of this? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing that I know. right now I this. <laughs> with this show. It's, um, it's my, I hope I get to do something great with this. But I love that. You yeah. know, it's, it's important that mm -hmm. people get to talk about their favorite activities yeah. and, and share it with other people yep. that are like-minded. Absolutely. And in my experience, weed has only ever brought me closer to people. Definitely. Um, and I, I can't, I can't stress how much I want other people to feel included because when I did first start smoking, it wasn't fully legal. It was, it was not legal at all. It wasn't even medical, but I was using it medically and then it became medically. But I still find people that like whisper about the fact that they smoke. I'm like, fuck that. You see the guy walking down the street in a Coors Light shirt. Let me walk down the street in my freaking weed shirt. I don't care. Exactly. We should be able to be just as and that's comfortable as going to the corner bar on a Friday night. Right. And I have pop Mardi Gras beef. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody should be able to express themselves mm -hmm. and, and have places to go and express themselves or shows like this to listen to, yeah. you know, and yeah. hey, I feel the same way you do, or hey, I've done that too, you know, no, that's nuts. So that's, that's great. So what is the highest thing or highest thought? We'll go with that. What's the highest thought you've ever had? I used to tour with the Grateful Dead. I'm 53. So I was a teenager and, um, I did indulge in some, you know, more mind expanding mm. medications and really existence and, and separating my conscious self from my body and almost looking in on myself as a, as this thing with a conscience and mm. looking out and realizing that, oh my God, I'm this thing inside here. And what am I? And you know, like yeah. trapped inside a meat suit, really trippy. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, but that's where I go. Or space. Mm. I think about outer space. I love to look at the stars when I'm high. Um, how do you feel about aliens? Totally believe it. It's impossible. But how do you feel about aliens? I know they're real. How do you feel about them? I think we're a mess and they don't want to meet us yet. And that's why they don't. I agree with that. I'm terrified of aliens. I Any of my listeners that are like avid listeners know I am horrified. Of them just showing up and just, because it's true. Like, just seeing like stickers with them. I'm like, oh my God, it's an alien. <laughs> like it's a phobia for me. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Cause I love talking about it. Okay. It's so, <laughs> I even bought a freaking sticker this week with it's a UFO abducting the dinosaurs. <laughs> so like I'm terrified, but like in a funny way. <laughs> I just, and I'm not making fun of people with real phobias. Yeah, like, right. This is a real phobia I have. I just deal with everything with humor. 
I was in the emergency room two weekends ago and the nurse was pumping up my bed and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack, mind you. And I just looked at my nurse, I was like, careful, I'm afraid. I'm like, and they looked at me like I had 27 heads and I did not belong there. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is just how I deal with things that are really scary. <laughs> like, I just make jokes and I'm not really afraid of heights. Continue to pump my bed up so that you can take my blood. <laughs> so Girl, I didn't talk for the rest of the time I was there. I'm telling you, I laugh when I have to give people bad news. And I worked in medicine. I do the same thing. Hello. Like, how do you? Mm -mm. Yes. And I let, and I can't control myself. Mm -hmm. I start, and the worse the news, the harder I start laughing. Yep. You know, I did not get to tell people, you know, anything really bad because I was just like, don't make me do it. Yeah, no. There, there's an episode of, um, I don't know if you watched Modern Family. No. Oh, Modern Family is a great show. But there's an episode where one of the um, the mother character um, has that same problem, and she's trying to tell them like all these terrible things, and she's just she's literally peeing her pants, like she's doing the mom stance with her legs crossed and everything, <laughs> trying to tell them this stuff, and everyone's just like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" But that's it. Really happens like that for me. Absolutely. It's weird. I, I'm glad I'm not like the only real people no. person. No, no. I knew there was other people. It was just like it. It's so rare to come in contact with someone that has the worst malfunction, most embarrassing experience with it. I used to work for a travel agency. I've done everything. Mm. You know, you live this long. Sometimes life takes you in different directions. And I've had every job under the sun. And right. I'm only thirty-eight. So <laughs> like, I've done it all. And you've got so much I'm not, more. Yeah, to do. I still am doing it. I'm still adding to my resume. Okay. That's right. always never stop reinventing yourself. The worst experience. I worked for a travel agency and a friend of my father-in-law, this is, they're all Italians and they are all Guidos. I, I'm sorry for the Guidos out there who I'm not meaning to put us down, but I'm one too. So that is why I call us that. But anyway, this guy is the, the chains, the shirt undone with the chest hair sticking out. And he's this Goomba guy and he's sitting in the diner. I see his car as I'm driving by. I'm going to a shower over at Adelphia's mm. and I saw his car at Geet's Diner in Williamstown. And I was like, okay, because he has personalized license plates. I knew it was him. Mm -hmm. I walk in there, I'm like, hey, Uncle Al. He's with another woman. Oh no. I was just gonna bring him the brochures. And I was like, <sighs> holy Oops. crap. And, and his wife is my mother-in-law's best friend, Pat. So I was like, okay. I, I gotta tell my mother-in-law, I can't, I can't do that to Aunt Pat. Yeah. You know? So we're at this shower and I'm and the whole time I'm freaking out. And then I call my sister-in-law aside and I tell her what happens. And I'm like, what do we do now? And she's like, are you serious? Because you are laughing your ass off. Is this a joke? Is this some kind of sick joke? And I'm like, no, I am serious. Oh my God. You know? And I knew who the woman was. Oh, uh, that makes it even harder. Right. And oh. they all knew because she was one of their group friends. Oh. Isn't that how it always tends to be though? Yes. At least all the stories I've heard, it's just like that. And so I told my my sister-in-law and I got my mother-in-law aside and we told her. Did you let her do the talking and you just stood there? No, she <laughs> wanted to hear it from me. Oh no. So that was it, I was done. But I'm sure they're Crying familiar laughing. with. No, they didn't care. <laughs> Did not care. They were so upset by what I was saying. They were like, why are you laughing in our face? And I'm like, I can't control myself. Do you see me? I'm shaking while oh I'm telling you this. I can imagine, like, you probably had tears and everything. Oh, like, yeah. And not tears from laughing. You're right. just, yeah. Because, oh. It's so sucks. embarrassing. Oh, that sucks.
but they made through it. And... That's good. We all make the, the truth really does set people free. Oh yeah, you know? it absolutely does. I have two millennials. They're going to be thirty and twenty-nine in August. Oh wow! And they don't have children yet. Uh, my daughter's married. My son isn't. They really have a different perspective on what parenting is and yes, how we they do. should be parented. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say disappointed with the life that they had, but their father didn't want to work. I didn't even get to raise my children because I was always working. That sucks. You know, when I worked at the hospital, I worked three to 11 or mm -hmm. two to 10. You know, sometimes I work overnight, seven to seven. That sucks. Being a millennial, I'm an elder millennial. You are. <laughs> You're almost Gen Z. I, I'm, they, is it Zennial? Is that the, in between? They just came yep. up with this new category between 80 and 85, and I fit into that category. Gen Z. No, Gen Z. Yeah. That's my nephew. Is it? Yeah. No, they, that's the like, newer kids. Oh. And Gen Alpha is my nine-year-old. I get son. it all confused anyway. Yeah. No, I fall in the Zennial. Okay. Um, where it's between millennial, millennial and, and X. Right. And I really and truly do. Like, I spent most of my life with a cord on my phone in one room and on my cell phone in the other room. Like, it, it was just common for me. I love um, that. I love that that was yeah, your experience. That was, like, I, I, I kind of, not that I know it all, but I'm experienced in a little bit of everything. Right. I, I did play Nintendo NES, uh, you know, original, but I've also played Switch Sports with my kids every day. Right. So it, it's, it's cool that I've gotten to see as much as I have, but I've gotten to witness what our parenting generation was like. And unfortunately, those that were single parents, you can say you had it harder, but you had it a whole fuck ton harder with yeah. minimum wage what it was, with everything you had to financially pay for. And I've only discovered this since becoming a parent. Yes, I've owned my house plenty long before. I, I've had my house 15 years, my oldest is nine. Six years before having kids, I, I, I existed as an adult. As an adult in the world. But once the kids got involved and into life, I, I'm we're str not struggling, but we're scraping by. Everyone is. You either have and I can't, money, and that's with two of us with an income. I mean, my my income is what I decide to make it by right. doing side work. I make what money we need, right? Which is what I'm trying to do now yeah. because my husband's working seven days a week for two different. Companies. So now it's flip flopped for you. Yes. Where you went from raising your kids and struggling and, and, and working your ass off to now. And I'm permanently disabled. I can't go back to medicine. I learned all of that. Um, and it's just gone. I, I've been trying to get on disability for four years since I left my salons. Because there's no way I could work full time in a salon. I couldn't even work part time in a salon. It's hard. People do, I do not like understand two heads of hair on week. Yeah. heels all the time. And that's that's where I messed up in my 20s when I did go to work in heels every day. And I, I should have really taken care of myself younger. But I didn't have the actual diagnoses and, and support that I had in my 30s when I stopped wearing the heels and started wearing the sensible shoes and doing the exercises to prevent my hands. Well, everything was already broken. Things already messed up. <laughs> I done broke it. <laughs> so, right. You know, in my 20s when I would work 12 to 15 hour days, five days a week. Oh man, I can't do that. I can't imagine doing that now. Do you know what I really miss? And the funny thing is, I went to my GI specialist yesterday and I've known him. He saved my life back in 2010 and I've known him for 13 years now. And 
He started busting on me about how much pot I was smoking. And I said, let me tell you something, okay? I don't make the kind of money you do. Mm -mm. Medical marijuana, the shake, the stuff they sweep off the floor is $62 and two cents mm -hmm. for an eighth at the botanist of the strain that I use, which is sour banana sherbet. That's my shit. And I spent $24,000 and then I ran out of money. So now I have to go back on pain meds, yep. which I weaned myself off of and have been clean of for a year and a half. So the state of New Jersey, because they don't have home grow, right. has forced me back on opioids, which are trying to get everybody off. Oh, that, that scares the hell out of me. And people I would like never my want to be back doctor. on those pills. Ever. Um, Girl, I can't even tell you. I, I haven't been taking them because I take other medications mm -hmm. that I've started recently that I have to adjust to before okay. I even think about adding yeah. something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Because it could knock me out. It could do anything, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I uh, I live in the 4th District in the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And Senator Madden is our senator. He's um, right now the head of the council in the Senate, I believe. But anyway, oh. he's retiring. Mm -hmm. He hated weed because he and I had conversations many times on the phone about it. And he hated, he didn't want legalization. But he said to me, I'm all for medical. Okay. Right. I will support you medical people. And I said, that's what we want. That's, yeah. The plans for is the people who can't afford it. I, I get what? $800 a month in disability. Like, it's $1,500 a month to get my allotment. And I need all that to make the RSO that I use because that's what... That's what works. Works. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. And that's unfortunately why so many of us don't shop dispensaries. Why can't afford it. Can't. There's no way that we could afford that, live our lives, take care of, like, pay our bills. How? And then you're stuck choosing between which bills do I pay or do I take my medicine or do I not take my medicine, possibly risk pain, mental illness, getting worse, all of that, uh, GI issues, because I have Crohn's. Oh, like, sorry. It, it's, what do I, what do you pick? Right. And who needs to be put in that position when there's so much other stuff to deal with? Raising children in a world yeah. where, you know, people yeah. get shot in schools. Yeah. Not cool. That's the difference between the generations. I would never fathom anybody doing that. Oh, it's, it's hard. You found yeah. drugs all over our school and we lived in one of those pretty little towns that is absolutely perfect and everybody in it is perfect and the sun is always shining. Mm -hmm. And the class president in 1984, they found 17 sheets of acid in his desk drawer and mechanical drawing. Like, nice. You know? Nice. I'm like, why did you leave it there, you dumbass? Because he was probably high. <laughs> I, was, I was dating him. So he was definitely high. And, and, uh, I'm friends with his sister still, which is funny. I said, do you know I dated your brother? She said, I totally remember you. Are you kidding me? She's like, you were fun. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's good that you remember me that way. But yeah, it just, it blows my mind what these kids have to deal with. And I can't imagine the mindset that they're in having to think about things like that. It's it's rough. It is rough. I, I fear sending my kids to school every day. And, and it's everywhere. It's not yeah, private it's, school. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. Private school, public school, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And we have neighborhood schools. So there's two parts of our, our town, Burlington City. We have two different elementary schools. And then they go to the same intermediate school. And then they go to the high school. So our neighborhood elementary school is two blocks away. I get to see when the ambulances are there. 
I get to see when the cops show up with their lights oh on for God. things. I didn't even think of that. And I, every day that I see something happening, my heart stops. I bet you can't even breathe. No. Nope. Oh. I spend most days with my blinds closed so I don't see them driving oh. by or coming through Dang. the neighborhood. And, or the times that I'll get there for uh, dismissal especially. And, okay, we're... we're Three minutes ago, they should have been out. Why aren't they coming out? What's wrong in there? Are they locked in their room? Yeah. They, you know, Are we like, on lockdown? Oh we couldn't be on lockdown because then they wouldn't let us parents this close to the building. But those are the things that... Why should you have to know that? Right. Why should that be a thought in your brain? Why does my five-year-old know how to hide from a gun? Why does he have to know that? No. At five years old, why does my baby... He's going into kindergarten and he's already efficient at survival skills. Wow. Yeah. Because that's a thing we talk about now. Oh my. To me, survival skills should be at Boy Scout camp where you're learning how to build a fire and right. not in school when you're learning how to try to save Say your life. Say numbers and... Yeah. And it's... it's <sighs> no. The worst thing I ever did in kindergarten was I dumped sand down a boy's pants. Because <laughs> he stole my tractor. How dare he? Oh my God, that's so cute. I love that. His name was Mark Gaffney. I'm telling you, the things that... Oh, the things I do remember are crazy. I remember fighting with my teacher at nap time in oh kindergarten. And now I regret that. I apologize to nap time for being so mean to you when I was in kindergarten. Please come back. <laughs> no more nap time. Man, they had good yeah, My dog back just huffed. He wants nap time. My dogs, they got their CBD right before you pulled up. Oh, cool. So that's why they're all... I don't even know where the third one is. Oh, shh. Look at her. She's so cozy in the window. And she's so beautiful. Uh, but yeah, they'll they'll be asleep for the rest of the visit today. But he'll he'll make like these bizarre huffs and puffs. And... My English bulldog snores like a human. That's my uh my bug, Boston Terrier pug. I was wondering because I thought we figured out what she was. <laughs> I'm like, but you're yeah. no, you're not that, but you're not that either. <laughs> like Everyone tries to convince me that she's an, uh, what is it? In not English Bulldog. Is it an English Bulldog? Those little ones, they're usually black and white with the real pointy ears. French Bulldog. French Bulldog. That's it. Oh, that's a cute Frenchie. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. This, this, this is a bug. <laughs> she's a mix. No, English Bulldog is the what my husband wants, the big wrinkly guy. He wants to be Remind me to show you pictures of, I'll have him meet Titus. Titus oh. is my baby. His grill sticks out. So he's got a little... He's got a little two-piece two oh, stick, stick out. And his that. little tongue hangs out the side of his mouth when he sleeps, which is why he snores. Stir-fry's tongue is probably out right now. Oh, they're so wonderful. They are. I love my dog. I, you know, I can't... I don't trust people who don't like dogs. Like, I understand somebody that may have had, like, a traumatic experience and they're afraid of dogs, but I know people that actually don't like dogs. They don't like animals. They don't like. Well, yeah, I know. That's weird. I guess there's every kind of person out I there, guess. isn't there? I guess. I just don't trust people if they don't like animals. No. Because it's usually because animals don't like them. Right. If an animal right. came up to you, mm. you know, like a, it's like a, a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean, if an animal comes up to you and starts rubbing up against you, you're gonna pet it. Right. You should not be like ew. No, I know people that do. They're like ew. It's it's weird to me. It is. But I also know people that if I hand them a baby, they're they're going to hold it as far away from them as possible and say, okay, what do I do with it? <laughs> so. That is funny. I can't yeah. imagine that. I love to smell babies. I do too. I have another TV reference for you. Do you watch um, The Goldbergs ever? No. My kids always told me to watch it. And you would love that. Oh my gosh. Mom in the 80s and early 90s. Oh my God, you would love it. 
but she keeps the baby blankets in like sealed bags and she goes and sneaks sniffs of them. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> I'm not that bad, but I do smell my kids' heads though. I always will. I keep the fur of one of my cats that passed away in my wallet Aww. in a little pouch in the front. That's so sweet. She was my girl. I love that. Her eyes weren't open yet when I found her. It, she had two brothers and a sister. I used to, I say used to because I just don't have the time to do everything anymore. No, yeah. Um, I used to rescue ferals, um, um, cats, dogs, whatever. And I would reacclimate them into living inside a home and then I would adopt them out for free. But you had to sign a waiver saying that if you do not get the animal spayed within whatever, you have to give it back. Okay. That's awesome. I will, I will come yeah. to your house. That's awesome. We were just yeah. talking about um, feeding ferals last week. Yeah, I do TNR too. Okay. All right. So you do yeah. like the colony... Was it colony? I had a colony. Or? I had a colony. Um, I used to live in Pine Hill. Mm. And Trump has a golf course there. Okay. Oh. That used to be behind my house. My dog used to go pee on it. There was a little <laughs> there was a little thing under the fence that, you know, because there's woods and then there's the golf course. And he automatically, the first thing he did was run under there and piss on it. I was that. like, oh my God. And I didn't have a camera. Like, what? But Not everything needs proof. <laughs> I know. I experienced it. And there's a there's a cat kennel back there, you know, for the cats to house in with straw and things like that. And we would feed them. Um, we got everybody ear tipped so we would know when a new one entered the colony. Mm. And let me tell you something. It was bad because I rescued three when I first discovered that there was a colony. Okay. These kittens, a little blind cat showed oh, up in my yard. And my puppy cat. dog found him and she went over to where he was she could just sniff him and then i saw what she was sniffing he just sat there and let me pick him up because he couldn't see me yeah but he didn't feel threatened yeah he could sense he was safe right has and my cat I, come to see you yet no now that we're talking about cats she'll come out keep right it's <laughs> funny yeah so we we took him in and then we found the mom and the dad and the brother and the sister and i said oh. we get mom and dad ear tipped and we take the kittens because he needs a brother now and his sister. Yeah. He's blind. Somebody's got so they've, show all, they've already been taking care of them yeah. like, their whole lives. So we that's what we did. Oh. Chance, Charm, and Clarence. Oh my God, I love that. Oh, the babies. My husband is 59 and there was a show back in the 60s called Doctor. Okay. It's supposed to be like Doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was about a vet in Africa taking care of wild animals. Anyway, he had a lion who was cross-eyed and couldn't see. Aww. And his name was Clarence. Well, Clarence is the same color as a lion. No way. And so that's, that's so his cute. name, Clarence the Cross-Eyed Kitty. He's my little lion man because I, I love, love that song. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. The, just walking a dog out back and all of a sudden I'm a cat parent mm -hmm. of three. Yeah. Like, it happens. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, the universe knows where to send those in need. Right. They show up where they need to be. That's every one of my animals. Uh, yeah, even stir fry. The day before we found him, one of my husband's former cats, he had to give away some of them when he mm. his, his uh, he was married previously and his ex-wife died. Mm -hmm. So he got all the animals that they had, and they had a lot because they didn't have children. So I did that. Now I have both. Right. <laughs> it's, I know. Don't recommend to people. <laughs> but she... 
this one cat died the day before we found Clarence. And I, cause, and I remember that because I, I found a post on Facebook that, you know, your old ones pop up that said, bug sent me, my name is Clarence. Oh, that's so sweet. Cause I think she did. Yeah, that's so sweet. And John was sad that his cat was gone, you know. He's funny, he's like a, he's like a scared mother when it comes to the animals. <laughs> I love like, that. Totally I know a bunch of people like that. Overprotective. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, they sneezed an extra time today. We're both like that. Yeah. We're the best vet. That's awesome. We really, we have moved within proximity of him. My vet that I love the most is 45 minutes away and I take my animals that are all car sick. 45 minutes. So yeah, I get, yeah. when you have a good vet, you have a good vet. Right. And yeah. that's always something, you know, I have quite a few in my house and they're all. And that's the other thing, you have to be able to afford to right. get a vet. Exactly. And we put his four kids through college. Absolutely. Yeah. But these are our animals. He had cats. I had cats. He had dogs. I had a dog. So when we came together, we had a lot between us. Mm. And his were old. Mine were kittens. Mm -hmm. And now our kittens are grown. You know, it's getting near that time. I don't know what I'm going to do when they all go. Because they're all the same age. <laughs> you know? Esther Frey is my oldest dog. She's 16. I never had a senior dog growing up. Oh. Uh -huh. My, my birth giver would get rid of our pets after they weren't cute anymore. <gasps> so, yeah. Or they died in a tragic accident. But I never had a senior pet. Watching my dog get old, she's 16 and medium size, so she's a very senior dog now. Right. It's breaking my heart. And knowing that I have to say goodbye to her one day soon. Oh my God. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I've been there and I have taken my brother's dogs and had them put down and brought them back home to him or my sister-in-law needed me to do that for her once and I've been fine with other people's and it never has been an issue. I have four dogs buried in my backyard of other people's. Every time I think about it with her I want to cry hysterically. When it's your own. I still cry about bubbles and she died. I had just had a hysterectomy Ugh. and my baby child girl got cancer in her nose and it was too close to the brain for them to operate on. Oh, so I sat no. there and watched it get bigger and bigger every day, and I just wanted to die. I just wanted the pain to stop because, and and I said the first time she swats at it was on her, this side. The first time she swats at it, we're done. Yeah. All right, enough about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I wrote down some stuff. All right, let's talk about what you got. Things I like to do hot. Yes, that was going to be one of my other questions. The first fun thing I wrote down was shopping. Yes. Which is dangerous. What kind of shopping? Like Both for the business and <clears throat> for personal. Oh, so you got two accounts to play with. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. It is. <laughs> it is. But you know what? Since I'm buying stuff for people who are high, mm. it helps for me to be it in does. that frame of mind. Yeah, it does. Well, that's what I do. Like, not only do I record this while I'm high, I edit while I'm high too. So that it keeps that, like... The flow. Yeah. Like the energy. You have to. So I get totally, that. Totally cool. I totally get that. Um, craziest thing that I have done high. Yes. Spelunking. Oh, really? Here's what happens, children. This is why we don't do this, okay? <laughs> First off, it's a freaking hole in the ground, okay? There's one way in and one way out, and you don't want to get lost. Second of all... 
when you smoke down there, like, cause you're gonna go down in a little cavern area, the smoke has nowhere to go. So you're getting so, higher and higher the more you smoke and it's not going anywhere. You're just rebreathing it in. So at so some funny. point, that's what's gonna happen and you're gonna be high, but you gotta get out of there. Bashed my head in oh, on the way sure. out so bad that I almost knocked myself out. I'm thinking about the time I went to Crystal Cave. That's where this was, but oh, really? it was down the street. Okay. So it's in that so, cave system, but it's oh, down the street wow. and it's a party cave. And everybody goes so down there with beers and stuff like that, life. but nobody will leave anything down in the cave. That's beautiful. Please don't you know, pick up after yourself if you go out in the woods and the caves. and. Absolutely. Lakes and the butts and all, pick them up. Yeah. We used to do this when we were high. Another thing that mm -hmm. we liked to do when we were high was clean up. We'd go to a park, we'd go to wherever. Yeah. People hung out and made a I, I do that in my house. Right. I cleaned my whole house today before you got here at noon, because I'm stoned. Like everything got scrubbed, the floors, the walls. It was weird, but I love doing that. I love getting Every that satisfaction. And it's also tactile. Yes. You know, you getting to feel the different feelings and, and textures and yeah i wish i was that ambitious not always you should have seen my house a couple hours ago <laughs> i i i get it you should have um, seen when it's been it's probably been since february since i've done this my house you would have thought we were hoarders because when we moved into my house we moved into the basement oh. so all our storage stuff that was supposed to go in the basement went on the first floor mm -hmm. So it looked like a storage unit. Yeah. I had, sur I've had, in the past three years that I've known you, seven surgeries. Oh my gosh. And this is the first year not good that I'm healthy halfway through the year so that's far. Awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. You know, I was never able to do anything and he was taking care of me. Right. So we just never got to, around to doing it. So now we started doing it. And we have the living room and the living room and the dining room and the dining room and nice. the bedrooms in the office. Yeah, and they're baby steps. And we're cleaning out our bedroom every day. Okay. We take a few things down. That's good. Put them away, mm -hmm. you know. That's what I, I need to learn how to do the daily pickup better. Oh, let's do that. Like, I need to set, like, a timer in the evening that this is the time that I go around and put everything away that's out of place. When I came home from work. Mm -hmm. That, when I was working, right. it was fine. Right. I came home from work, and the first mm -hmm. thing I did was take a yep. bag and walk around and pick up the trash. Yep, I would do that, and then get the vacuum. Like, I would do all the... And then the clothes the, right. that were laying around. And the... But now that I'm not leaving and coming home on the same times, yeah. it's... I don't know how to do it anymore. It's horrible. Right. You got to get motivated. And it's it's tough to do when you're sitting there and you're stressing about this and you're stressing about that mm -hmm. because we live in an incredibly stressful world. And God knows we need marijuana. Right. Hello. <laughs> so. But if you're an organized person and you know how to do that, I mean, my girlfriend, My girlfriend, Lucia, like, is Tell me how her. to maintain the tidy. Just get me there and I can maintain it. Well, I'm there. But I'm Other not. Other than my cushions aren't covered right, yet right. they're still in the washer. In the wash. But like, my house is only so big. I, right. I can't have right. everything. Every surface can't be empty. But right now, 98% of my surfaces are empty. I'm happy. We moved out. And the floor being one of those. <laughs> it looks beautiful. It really does. Don't look behind the curtain. Uh, no, I have that too. Um, Don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, I, if, if it's my work area, spotless. Yeah. Cause I'm a germaphobe at work. When, Cause everything I did was 
you know, you had to, um, you had shift work. Other people were using it. Mm. And I would see these women watching. Um, I used to do, uh, I, I started off as a unit secretary who just organizes and does all the work mm-hmm. uh, that the nurses and doctors would be done. All the hand, you know, typing this and doing, filling these orders and getting this from pharmacy and that kind of crap. So it's pretty rough start. Six months in, everybody was coming to me for everything. And I decided that if I was going to run the unit, it was going to be smooth as hell for everyone. Mm-hmm. And my coworkers were like, you know, you can't come in here and make waves and start acting like, you know, they matter because they don't. They hate right. us. And I'm like, no, they don't hate us. If we work together as a team, they love us. Mm-hmm. So I started off doing that. And then um, when you're in the hospital and they hook you up to a, a heart <clears throat> monitor and somebody's remotely watching mm-hmm. your heart the whole time. Yeah. That I used to do that. It's called telemetry. Okay. And really got hooked on that. I worked in cardiology, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And my hospital, I, I used to work at Our Lady of Lords. Okay. And we had a cath lab, which is where they put the catheter through your heart and all mm-hmm. kinds of surgeries and stuff like that would go on. Great heart hospital. And um, after that, I got into remote cardiac telemetry for people who were just going about their day. It was a whole new technology that was developed. Is that like wearing the heart monitor? You wear the monitor. I had to do that once. Right, you wear the monitor, not the thing with the pack on the side. No. But you just wear the monitor and somebody out in Pittsburgh is watching your heart. Oh, wow. So I was the guy in Pittsburgh. That's so cool. And then I became the person who taught people how to read EKGs. Okay. And I would, my job at the time was to write, to interpret the EKGs and then write a report to the doctor and say, this is what I found. Mm -hmm. And here you look at it and see if you agree with me. And that's, that's how it works. You know, it's fabulous. And I didn't realize that I thought like it collected the data and then they plugged it into like some machine and just... I didn't realize there's You're an being actual watched person. Live. That's so cool to me. And crazy? It's creepy, but cool at the same time. It is time. creepy. Because I'm trying to remember, like, did I have sex when I had that on? Because I'm pretty yes, sure I did just to see if it would spike something. And then if it goes really high, we got to call you and say, are you alive? I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm crazy. trying to think now of all the things that I did. <laughs> right. To know that there was somebody going, oh, look, there's a difference there. That That's so cool. <laughs> it's wild. It really was. <sighs> I became disabled because when I had my daughter, she was an emergency C-section and they fucked it up. So I have had 11 abdominal surgeries. Oh no. Just to remove intestines because they kept sticking together. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But for that reason, everything is messed up inside now. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I mean, I had a judge tell me that I couldn't work anymore. And that was really tough to take when I put so much into my education. Mm You know. No, they just keep telling me that, oh, you could go do something else. Okay, what? I mean, they're supposed to have somebody in there with you. They're supposed to have somebody from the state in there with you in court if you get that far. Um, No, I just get the letter of... They deny you until you keep going. Uh, Okay. Don't ever stop. Okay. Important information, people, because when applying for disability or anything, you'll be denied three, four, five times because they're trying to make you go away. Okay. You know, it's their tactic. Yeah. Keep pursuing it, you know? And I wondered that. Do they just, like, automatically deny everybody? Yes. I worked for an insurance so, company, which I, I, I don't want like, to name names. Like, it's but. a full-time job just to keep a plane. Yes. People How are always supposed, supposed to do that. Make the phone calls, go to the appointments, do all these things. And I'm supposed to go to work. And I'm supposed to be sick. And take care of your children. Right. And, and, and live and exist. 
It's so fucked up. I hate our system. I really do. Oh, I do. And now you have to wait six to nine months to see a doctor. Right. Unless you're an established patient. I was an established patient of 13 years. They made me wait. They were going to make me, I, in January, made my appointment and make me come back in September. And I wrote to my doctor and I said, do you not want me to be my, do you not want to be my doctor anymore? You want me not to be your patient? Like, uh, I haven't, luckily I have not experienced that, but oh my God. I can see it happening because I've tried to leave a doctor and go find a new one because I wasn't comfortable there. And it took nine months to get the appointment for a new patient. You know, it, it, it took forever to where I just didn't change doctors because... Okay. I mean, that's a horrible position to be put yeah. in. And I, I just kind of go with the flow now with this doctor because I'm here. Sometimes you get some arrogant yeah. people. Oh yeah, absolutely. And medicine is no place to be yeah. arrogant. And the the ins- health insurance in America being as competitive yes. as it is, you would think that the doctors would try to be competitive and offer you better times and better hours and more availability and there's no competition because there's so many patients you're right there's too many people because look at how our population's grown Mm. you know there's only so many doctors in our country yeah and it's it's ridiculous and the better the hospital and healthcare system the harder it is to get into you know because people don't want to leave the right the position that they have why would you if exactly. you're being treated right. Yeah. My niece just graduated. Um, I've just had so many bad experiences with doctors. I know. Uh, I'm like... There's got to be something better. <laughs> like, my, there has to be something better than what we're dealing with. I wish there was. It's getting worse and worse. It is. They spend a few minutes with you, you know. Again, I have the older doctors because um, I've always had... I get blocked intestines. Mm. So if the blockage isn't relieved after a certain amount of time, I die. So I have usually about an hour to get to the hospital and they have to operate immediately and they have to know the signs. And and, and if I tell them it's happening, they just wheel me into surgery. And it's a scary way to live. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be within within a certain range of your hospital and your home, because I'm sure you have a go bag or a hospital bag. You probably, you're smart and you probably leave it in your car. Oh yeah. But yeah, you, you're trapped in that bubble of safety, your, your safety net. And God forbid you're somewhere, okay, because I, um, we had a car accident in South Carolina and my mom passed and my dad, my mom's dad and my best friend and my dog were in the car also oh. with us and my doggy passed. I had a purebred Samid so and sorry. you know what? All of it. It happens. It happens to everybody all the time, every day. And every time I see an accident on the side of the road, I pull over. As hard as that is to do. Yeah. Because people stopped and helped us. I got a ring back that had been in my pocket that flew out and somebody found it in the field. Wow. And gave it to the sheriff and said, this is real. Wow. Give it back to her. All my dad's tools were picked up. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing what people did. Um, but anyway, here I am in South Carolina, bohunk nowhere. Right. And we were in the hospital for about 10 hours in the ER because they had four patients. They had one x-ray machine. Like, I mean, I'm laying there strapped to a board for six hours counting the holes in the ceiling tiles. Oh my God. 
God. I think there was like 12,000 or something like that because I was just out of my mind. Oh. I, I, and, I, and strapped like that, oh. like right out of the ambulance, strapped down to a board for six hours with my neck and a brace and all whatever. The hospital was so bad. I can't believe we lived. I had a traumatic brain injury. They didn't even x-ray my head. And oh my God. Yeah, it was bad. Oh. But that's what the risk you take wherever you go. Yeah. What are yeah. you going to do? Be a hermit? No. Yeah. But, um, okay, fun stuff. <laughs> I um, love that you're able to do that for me. Yeah. I, that, that was Adam's job is to like, get us back on a better topic. <laughs> right, right. Um, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts um, just happened to me. And my most favorite thing to do when high is concerts. Yes, live music. Oh my God. I love it. I, I would set up. Do you want to go see Hanson with me? Where are they? They're going to play tomorrow at Cooper River Park for free. <gasps> so I have to get ready for the weekend. <clears throat> Darn. It's eight o'clock tomorrow. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to see Hanson people. <laughs> I remember going to Cooper um, River to see, it was like the 25th anniversary of Woodstock or some crap. Okay. No, it was, it was, it was 1989. So it was the 20th anniversary. Okay. And, um, man, do we have a good time. And everybody left trash everywhere. Oh, and here are all that. the high people. And don't I'm walking that. around screaming at people, pick up your trash. Pick up the trash. Because not enough people were doing it. And I stood near a trash can and made people feel guilty. Good. Good for you. I'm proud of you for that. But it was, it was such a great time. I feel like people are getting a little bit more responsible with uh, treating the earth better. Well, I because think, it's frowned upon think, now. Yeah. How did it ever not be? I, I, I think, I, I don't know, but I think a lot of it is how disease has become an issue and not like a communicable disease, like cancers and such that triggered the people of, oh yeah, no, we need to take care of what's around us because you are going to get sick. I don't think that was a known fact. My biggest fear right then. now is that it's it's already too late. I th yeah, it's definitely too late. We're screwed. We had no winter. We have no summer. Nope. We're in this like perpetual, perpetual, perpetual. Yes, perpetual six <laughs> and seventies. Yeah. yeah. We haven't gone swimming once. No, because it's but too then, cold. But then we have like these random days that show up where it's too fucking hot to go do anything, and the water's too cold, and <laughs> there's nothing. So you're stuck inside. You're stuck inside. Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time on bikes this year. So, excellent. That's all. My kids, are, hopefully, by the end of next week, we will be on two wheels. Wow, that's huge. My baby. Oh my God. Oh, no way. His yes, little friend. It's so sweet, though. His little friend comes over every day. His name is Always. His brother's name is Forever. It's Forever and Always. It's the sweetest. Oh my! They're the sweetest boys. I love these kids. I'm gonna have to cut this out or ask their mom if I can post this. I'm gonna get permission before I put this out there. But they're my kids' best friends. That's forever awesome. is Kyle's friend. Always is Leland's friend. Right. So Always comes over and he teaches himself how to ride Leland's two wheel bike that Leland won't ride. Wow. And once that happened, it was like the switch went off. Leland's like, no, I need to do this. I, I'm going to figure out how to do this. This is my goal is to teach myself how to do this. So he's borrowing. Somebody has a, one of those push bikes. Yes. And he's borrowing one of those right now. And he's been really good on it for about a week. And he, he told me. My, my son's very, um, very old particular. for fun. Yes. But he tells me I will be teaching myself before daddy goes back to work from vacation because I need him to see it. And he goes back to work next Wednesday. Oh, so, 
this is his goal. I I hope he does it. I really hope he does. It. I think he can. He's really he's gotten really good at the balancing. He's just afraid of everything. He's I don't know where he gets that from. Look at the world we live in. Yeah, that's back to that full circle. Right. <laughs> but yeah, my husband and I are not. I mean. My husband's very introverted, but he'll do anything once. And he's usually good at it once he does it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's insane to me how many skills this man has. And my Leland is the same way. He just he has to stuff. do it. Right. And he just won't, won't just do anything. It takes a lot That's for him to do things. awesome. So hang on to that. Because Kyle will just go. Kyle's like, oh, we're going to go fly off a cliff. Let's go. He has no cares, no fucks. That child... He's going to be the death of me. I will die young because of him. <laughs> oh, but, I don't know um, how we survive our own children's childhoods. Right? Oh. I would, like, all the people that, oh, kids are great. I'm, they are wonderful. Oh, I yeah. love my children. But the amount of work that goes into those boys is insane. I don't know how anybody else does it. With any more than two kids. If we were completely outnumbered. I don't know how people can afford more than two. That too. I could barely afford two. And they were back to back, literally both mm, children on the no. pill. Oh my God. I was on the pill, got pregnant with my daughter, was on the Deborah Provera injection mm, because yep. I had the problems with my daughter and, and you know. So yeah, I- um, oh, This is a fun topic. I'm wearing my, my plant parenthood shirt. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I was 20 when the accident happened. So I wasn't mm, quite an, mm -hmm. I was an adult. Right. I Legally. Yes. Governmently. <laughs> right. Still lived at home, blah, blah, blah. I worked for my parents' company. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got treated a little better for that. My kids, I had one, uh, my daughter when I was 23, my son when I was 24. So I wasn't that far removed. Mm. So I was still a mental wreck and never lived on my own before. Oh boy. When I met the man that I married first, um, cause that's as kind as I can be. I felt like I had to be the adult for three children. Yeah. That's not a fun relationship. To be I in. raised three kids Yeah, and they all hated me and they were all against me because I was the disciplinarian. I was the one who said, Why? you were always the one yeah. being, I get it. Dad was being dad. Dad fed them hot dogs every night. He thinks I didn't know that he ordered out for himself and fed my kids freaking nitrates. Unbelievable. But anyway, um, so I think they resent the person that I was back there because I was trying to figure it all out all by myself. Yeah. I had, I didn't have my mom. My dad was like, see a kid. Went and married somebody else and moved to West Virginia. And I barely saw him after that. And then he died when I was 35. So I haven't had anybody. Wow. You know, my grandfather was amazing. My mom's dad, mm. he became both parents. That's so, awesome that you had somebody to step up. Right. You know, he couldn't tell me how to raise children, but you know, he was there for important stuff. Yeah. Which was great. So other things I enjoy high, nature walks, parks, bike riding, fishing. I love the shore. I love to do chores. And in 1990, I stopped all chemical drugs. Awesome. Because I decided that mushrooms was as high as I needed to fly and 
of a week. Yeah. So that's that's enough for me, you know. I like stuff too much. So I have to put myself I understand away. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to completely remove yourself. Yeah. Or it's the temptation's still there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I get it. Uh, you know what? I wanted to talk briefly about Homegrow yes. in New Jersey. I work with two important groups. Um, one of them is called Sativa Cross. And you can, I think they're sativacross.org. Oh, hold on a second. Sativacross.org. How about that? Look at that memory working. Right? And if you wanted to make donations to them, they do two important things. They not only are out there at the state house, on the ground, talking to senators, talking to legislatures, trying to get medical and personal use marijuana where it should be in the state of New Jersey. And the first thing is to be, for people who need it the most, be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not easy to grow pot. So Sativa Cross not only is our eyes and ears on the ground, but they also do they're a wheelchair ramp support group, meaning that they go around to businesses that don't have wheelchair access for handicapped people, especially if they're public buildings. They're going to be in Belmar, New Jersey, I want to say next week. You can look it up on their website. And it's for all the buildings, the public buildings that don't have access for handicapped people. That's awesome. And they're in there fighting with these legislators saying, what are you doing with people's money? And, and if a place can't afford it, they take the donations and they buy a ramp for it. You need to like, hang out in some historic districts that don't have access. I'm I can't telling tell you how many times I've gone into like little cute neighborhoods to go shop. I can't get into the buildings, can't do steps. Right. I've been in wheelchairs often. Mm -hmm. It's not fun, you know? So they do that, and the other group is cmmnj.org, and that's the Coalition for Medical Marijuana. And these two organizations, if you'd like to donate to them, you can go on their websites. They're, what is it, 401c um, groups, the charitable donations. Oh, that's a 301. Something like that. I, it's fancy numbers and it's letters. It's numbers and letters. But anyway, they are tireless. They are always there. They hold events. Their, their next event will be 7:10, and I want to say that's from 11 11 a.m. to 4:44 p.m. And that's in front of the state house annex. And they give away free everything you could imagine at a weed party. So there's food, there's fun, there's tons of people, um, and Sativa Cross does their live podcast from there. It's, and it's great. You get to talk to and meet a lot of different people that are just like-minded individuals. You know? Um, I'm putting that one in my calendar right now, even before I edit this, because I'll listen to it in like two hours from now. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, it's amazing. So we have so July much fun 10th, up there. Which is a Monday. Right. Nice. I think my husband's going to take care of kids. I will pick you up. Yeah, it's so easy to get to. Oh, I'm supposed to be recording that day with my new permanent co-host. Maybe we'll record up there. That would be awesome. Oh, we're, we're having coast-to-coast podcasts with other cannabis groups in other states that will be happening there. There will be vendors. There Very will be food. There will be fun. I'm going to have to talk to her and see if she wants to do that for her first show. Out amongst the people. I want to 
to do more out amongst, um, obviously I'm not as high-tech as some places or some podcasts, but I don't have, like, I have a lot of background noise issues with my setup, so I have a hard time recording at parties and events, but we could do, like, little clips here and there and there, but eventually my goal is I want to get an RV that I refurbish into a recording studio. I have a friend who can get you RVs. He's always in the market well, for it. I need people to send me money. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. I want a trailer for our business so that we can have the guys, you know, I don't need a second car then because I don't want a car. Right. Why don't we buy another car, put it on insurance just so that one day a week my husband can have the car. So if we have a trailer, they can drop us off wherever we need to be and then we just drop the trailer and we have all our stuff. Bye. See ya. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, donate to my cause of buying an RV. <laughs> it's uh, on buymeacoffee.com. And I, uh, I advertise that on my Facebook page and my Instagram and my Discord. So if you see that link for buy me a coffee, click that and send me $5. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out to record today. I, I loved it. I love spending time with you. I love spending time with you. I love too. Like, like when life. our toes are in the sand. I know. Oh, that beach is calling my name. <sighs> Even a pool. Come on. I just need to. Draws you to it. So on that note, 